Hey, welcome to episode three of Real Life. This week we talk, or I talk, all about some of the negative experiences and some of the positive experiences that we're all going through in the current situation that we're all aware of. And then I talk a little bit about my experience with working for myself versus working for other people. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, I'm not going to ask you to subscribe. I'm not going to ask you to go ahead and leave me a five-star review. What I am going to ask you to do this week, though, is share the podcast with a friend. Share the podcast with a parent. Share the podcast with a sibling. Share the podcast with someone you know who might appreciate it. It would help me out a lot, and I'm sure, or hopefully, it will help someone else out a lot too. So without taking up any more of your time, here is episode three of Real Life with Tom Noski. Alrighty, let's get into this. How crazy is that? Episode three. We're up to episode three of the podcast. I swear to God, guys, we may not be the most viewed podcast. We may not be the best podcast. It may not be the most interesting podcast, but I guarantee you it's going to be the best damn sounding podcast and the best looking podcast on the internet. I promise you. I promise you that. If you're not, if you are listening along and just listening along and you're not watching it, I film all my podcasts and I put them on YouTube. So head over to YouTube. It's a new channel this week. So it's not going to be on my main YouTube channel. So head over and watch it because I guarantee you not only is this the best sounding podcast on the internet, but it is the best looking podcast on the internet. (laughs) Anyway, we're back for episode three this week. Uh, Shooting... Yeah, yeah. We're back for episode three, which is absolutely insane. Like I, I... I'm probably going to start having guests on soon. I've been spending this week, this is actually, it's a Thursday night. I have a reason for making a podcast early. I stuck to my guns as far as shooting podcasts on Sundays. I wanted to sort of stick to that Sunday routine of only shooting on Sundays. Sorry, it's kind of awkward. It's easier for me to just talk to the mic and and sort of kind of talk to the camera, but I'm going to mostly talk to the mic. Um, yeah, I wanted to stick to my guns and only shoot on Sundays. Uh but I've realized that it's kind of, I had a, I have a reason. I have a reason for making it tonight, but I promise you. But I've spent this week uh, scouting guests. I have spent this week organizing my first five guests. My plan originally was to sort of go about this quarantine just doing uh, one-on-one, so doing me talking to you as the podcast, but I've realized more and more that I would actually love to have guests on. I love listening to conversations. I love listening to interviews. I love the whole dynamic of talking to someone else. And I think I think that I could offer something cool in that regard. Talking to creators, talking to people, talking to interesting characters. It won't just be Instagrammers and photographers and filmmakers. I promise you, it's going to be all kinds of interesting people. Like I said, I've got a friend who's a professional boxer. I've got a friend who rose for Australia. I've got some very, very interesting friends doing very interesting interesting things. So I would love to have them on as well to talk about their experiences. But yeah, I think I think my plan for the moment is going to be uh, shoot 10 episodes. So solo 10 episodes. We're up to three. So we're almost there or three. <laughs> we're almost there. Um, but I think I'm going to do 10 episodes because I really want to develop my topic talking ability. I really want to develop the uh, the podcasting ability to keep zero negative space in your podcast because that's the key to keeping people interested. It's to keep talking. It's the key to 
a good podcast is to keep people interested. And you can't have dead air if you want to keep people interested. So that's something that I, it's a learnt skill. I'm, I'm not super talented yet. I, like I said in the last episode, I'm a good talker. <laughs> I talk to myself a lot. So this is essentially just me recording those conversations. But um, I definitely don't think I'm as good as I can be. So I would rather give those guests the best absolute best version of me and do that by waiting until say episode 10 i think i might record a few maybe next week or the week after or whatever maybe when i get to like seven eight nine i'll maybe backlog a few episodes but um i think after episode 11 is going to be the first guest i can promise you that right now and that's because i originally wanted to keep it to guests in person because i'm a sucker for good quality but i think now i'm realizing more and more that this is probably going to be a situation that's going to last a lot longer than I originally anticipated. And as much as I would enjoy doing a solo podcast, I would rather keep solo podcasting up my sleeve. I would rather have that as a kind of a a, a magic card that I can pull out <laughs> at a random moment, like something I can pull out if, say, for example, I get sick and I don't want to be around people or maybe I you know, can't figure out a guest or a guest cancels. I want to be able to just jump on and talk to you guys like this. Um, whereas I can't do that if I'm only doing guests and I also can't maintain that if I'm only doing one-on-one. So, uh, I think that's the plan for the moment. The plan is to stick to, uh, no guests now, get better at this, get better at podcasting, become a better podcast host, uh, and then finally get into doing guests in a little bit. But, yeah, I, I honestly, like like I said, I, this is my new favorite form of content creation. As much as I love YouTube videos, this is just so natural for me um, to just sit down and talk because there's so many times where I'll have an idea that comes to mind and then I'll, I'll write it down in my notes. I have it like a notes folder that's full of YouTube video ideas. And when I mean full, I mean scroll, 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 full of YouTube videos. Um but those videos oftentimes don't come to fruition because a lot of them either don't relate to uh, filmmaking enough. And as much as I, I said to you, it's like living creatively is my new goal for my YouTube channel. As much as that is my goal, I'm not going to go out and make a video that's completely unrelated to um, creativity because that would just be uninteresting for you guys. My main goal is to satisfy my own creativity. And then the second goal is to also you know, satisfy you guys. I want to give you guys something that you guys will enjoy. And, and to be honest with you, you know, making whatever I want isn't always going to be that answer. So the the goal right now is to continue doing this podcast because it is and has very quickly become my favorite form of creativity. I'm really, really enjoying it. I am really enjoying the process of just sitting down and having a conversation with you guys, usually over a glass of wine. I know we had a couple cans and Canadian club in the first episode, which was a ginormous mistake because the burps got to me. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Let's address the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is two separate things depending on how you're consuming this podcast. If you're watching this podcast, you probably would have noticed this sexy new microphone that I've got in front of my face. Um, And if you're listening online or listening on Spotify or iTunes, I would have hoped that you've at least noticed an increased level of audio quality. Um, (laughs) I I sure hope so, considering the price I paid for this microphone. Uh, No, honestly, um, it doesn't have all the bits and pieces that I need yet. 
I went and bought the microphone and the Focusrite audio interface from a DJ store here in Melbourne. But for whatever reason, really weird things have sold out completely here in Melbourne. Like, for example, uh, one of the weirdest things that's sold out completely is capture cards. So I can't, I really want to live stream. Like, I really want to live stream with this setup. Essentially, this would be the visual for the live stream if you guys are watching on YouTube. But I can't because. Everywhere has sold out of capture cards. And the second thing that everywhere has sold out of for some reason is cloud lifters. So a cloud lifter, and again, I'm not an audiophile, so I apologize for anyone who's listening who's just screaming at me saying, Tom, stop trying to talk about audio. I'm really not an audiophile. I really appreciate good audio, but I haven't done enough as far as learning the ins and outs of what actually goes into making good audio. Um, I mean, I know a little bit, like I've learned here and there about sound design and obviously microphones and that sort of stuff. I did my research for this microphone. Obviously, that's why I'm talking about this now. But ever has sold out of cloud lifters because a dynamic microphone like this one, the microphone for those of you listening is the Shure SM7B, which is a very popular podcasting microphone. If you watch Joe Rogan, it's a microphone he uses. If you watch the Tiny Meat Gang with Cody Co and Noel Miller, it's a microphone they use. Um, it's a very, very popular microphone in podcasting and just voiceover work in general. It's a very, very good quality microphone. And from what I read online, uh, not only good quality, but very good at uh, creating very nice audio from not very good acoustic environments. So sometimes you can have instruments that are designed for very good quality audio or acoustic environments. And then you can have equipment that's sort of designed to perform out of those ideal environments and I wanted something that I could have in here in my bedroom or here in in an office space that I go into or if I have to travel or whatever and the audio is always going to sound somewhat consistent that was my goal with getting this microphone and that was the one that was recommended to me but the cloud lifter is essentially just a way of increasing so a dynamic microphone records quite quietly and this one in particular records very quietly and the cloud lifter is just a way of bringing up that gain without in- introducing too much noise so That part I had to order online, which hopefully should be here by the next podcast. But let me know if you guys notice any recognizable difference in the audio quality. I would really hope that there's a recognizable difference, but um, there may not be, which would be hilarious for you guys uh, and not so funny for me, considering how expensive this new setup was. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I think another reason why you know, I didn't really need, I've had a lot of people, a lot of my filmmaker friends have asked like, why did you get a new microphone? You already had good quality audio. It's like, I, uh, there's a certain level of satisfaction that comes from using your equipment. Like a lot of, you know, if you have a, a, a if you have a camera that's not enjoyable to use, you're not going to use it as much. And I think that was the same thing with my microphone. Uh, it was a good quality microphone. I didn't enjoy using it. Um, so that was why I went for this setup. This is a more professional setup, a more future-proof setup, something that I'm going to be proud to own for a while now. And so, you know, it was just as much about future-proofing and enjoying my workflow for creating this podcast as it was actually getting something new. So anyway, this is not the, <laughs> the main topic of today's podcast. The Today, I actually, I wanted to talk about something else, but I jumped on today to talk about Uh, something that's going on in my life or something that has gone on in my life very recently and so much recently, in fact, that I found out about it yesterday. Um, So as some of you know, 
uh, I have been running a lot. And and the reason I have been running a lot is when I was younger, I used to uh, competitively compete in... Competitively compete. I used to compete in triathlons um, when I was much younger, when I was like 13 or 14. Uh, and before that, I was an endurance swimmer. Um, so I've always been into endurance events. And, and my cousin, who is now a commonwealth Games cyclist and cycles for australia got me into triathlons and i really really enjoyed them um just school got in the way rowing got in the way and whatever but from that moment of i think i did maybe two dozen triathlons total in the time that i did them and and one of the things i did a lot of research on whilst i was doing triathlons was the iron man the famous hawaiian iron man in kona and i thought it was this incredible feat of endurance, this incredible feat of human capability was the Ironman. It's, it's a, for those Australians um, or for anyone who uses the same system that we use here, uh, it's a 3.9 or 3.8 kilometer swim, 185 kilometer bike ride, I believe, and a marathon. And that's consecutively. So it's a it's a 12 to 15 hour race if you're competitive and even longer if you're not competitive. So it, I, I always really, really admired that as something that was just an incredible feat of human capability um and i sort of set myself a goal when i was very young probably naively but i've kept it in my mind ever since that one day i would love to do an iron man and potentially uh qualify for the hawaiian iron man hawaiian hawaiian <laughs> the hawaiian the hawaiian iron man in kona um, I really wanted to, like, it was just a long time bucket list item for me to do. And and last year, even though I had a, fan, a fantastic year work-wise and with my business and everything else in my life was going great, it was arguably my least fit that, the least fit I've ever been was the beginning of last year. I just fell out of love with fitness. I, I wasn't going to the gym as much. I wasn't I never really ran uh, since I since I did triathlons when I was younger because I started rowing and and the rowing sort of took over from the running and then by the time I got back into running I was so unfitted it that I didn't really want to do it. So I set myself the goal last year of it's not going to be in the immediate future, but you are going to start training right now and you're going to do an Ironman in the next two years. Um, and that was last year around July that I set myself that goal and and I started by running and swimming. Um, I've always been a great swimmer. I used to swim. I was one of those kids at 12 years old that was swimming, uh, you know, two hours in the morning, two hours after school, crazy amount of hours a week. Um, so I never really worried about my swimming, but my running was atrocious. I remember the first time I went for a run was in November. This was before I set this goal, but in November of 2018, I tried to go for a run. Funnily enough, whilst I was in Hawaii, I tried to go for a run uh, just around the place that we were staying uh, and I got uh, 1,500 meters <laughs> before I I gave up and I, you know, I'd, I'd never been so unfit in my life. I tried to go for runs. I was, I was setting myself goals. I made that video where I set myself the goal of running 35 kilometers for the week, which I did, which nowadays is, you know, two runs. <laughs> so I, I really set myself the goal of doing it and it was going f- amazingly. The last month has probably been the first time where everything sort of really built up and really got 
great to be honest with you i two weeks ago i did my first marathon attempt i didn't make it all the way because my nutrition probably wasn't as good as it needed to be but i made it 37 kilometers in under three hours which is um if anyone knows marathon times that's quite good (laughs) which i didn't realize at the time but i'm very very happy with or was very very happy with and then so about a week ago i started waking up not being able to walk i would wake up and my shin on my right leg was so painful that i could barely walk um i started taking ibuprofen i've always been of the opinion that nine times out of ten uh the injuries that we all complain about aren't actually that bad it's more just uh like muscle soreness and that sort of thing like a lot of people who go to physios you don't need to go to the physio it's probably a bit of inflammation it's probably you know and this just comes from years and years i've been training pretty consistently for 10 years and even longer as far as in competitive sports so I'm quite used to uh, pain of, you know, pain of training. So it finally got to the point where it was really, really bad. And I went to the physio yesterday and he's essentially told me that uh, if it were anyone else, he would tell them that it was a stress fracture and he'd get on to, uh, you know, the process of healing that. But for me, he said that uh, we, we need to diagnose this. So we're going to go and get an MRI and sort it out because he said that if he tells me the wrong thing and I go out and keep running on it, there's a potential that, you know, I'll snap my shin or do something bad like that. So it was extremely devastating news to hear um, considering you know, my goals as far as running and everything that I've been working towards. It was incredibly devastating to hear, if I'm honest with you. I said in a vlog that didn't get released on Monday that um, one of the only things that's keeping me sort of sane at the moment is my running. Um, uh, is my running. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was just, it's devastating. It's honestly devastating that I don't get to uh, keep this momentum. Um, but the reason why I wanted to bring this up and the reason why I didn't just sort of keep it to myself and sort of not bring it up because, you know, I'm, I'm a photographer on Instagram, like who makes YouTube videos about videography and photography. So I don't really need to talk about the fact that I can't run anymore, but you guys have really been enjoying, if you follow me on Instagram, you guys have really been enjoying the, the running updates. And a lot of you have messaged me saying it's inspiring. A lot of you have started running and sending me your running, which I think is amazing. It's so cool to see people, you know, like running PB 10Ks and people messaging me being like, mate, six months ago, I couldn't even run a 10K and now I'm going out trying to beat my personal best 10K. And it's just amazing to see so many people getting so fit and excited about running uh, because of my story. And I think it's I think it's really, really cool. But the reason why I want to bring this up is because, <laughs> like I said last week, we're going to bring it back to the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Um, I think it's very very important for right now um i think the the story behind this or the general themes behind this are very very important for right now because right now a lot of us or a lot of us right now a lot right now we've all been given a piece of bad news um we've all been given a piece of bad news in the sense that the virus is got us in lockdown, a lot of us are losing jobs, a lot of us uh, you know, have relatives that we can't see, a lot of us single people can't go out meeting new people, people can't visit their partners, um, a lot of us ha- are given this bad news right now, a lot of us uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, 
watching the news and, and hearing from people and and a lot of people are really struggling right now. And I thought this was a, a good opportunity to sort of give my opinion on on this whole thing. And it's that in the subtle art of not giving a fuck, that he, he talks about uh, <laughs> the desire for the direct quote is, the desire for a positive experience is in itself a negative experience. And paradoxically, one's acceptance of their negative experience is in itself a positive experience. And I think that's one very relevant to me right now because as soon as that happened, rather than dwelling and rather than being pissed off, and believe me, I was pretty pissed off when this happened, but rather than letting that consume me, my solution was, okay, well, I mean, you know, I'm training for an Ironman. I'm not training for a marathon, so let's get better at riding. Um well, let's get better at swimming. Let's figure out how I can swim. Do any of my friends have pools that I could use? Do, you know, does anyone I know have access to a pool that I could use? Or, or you know, I've got an old bike that I could put together because I haven't actually started my riding training yet. Most of my riding training had been done at the gym until this point. Um, and the first thing I did was go and find my bike, go and get it serviced, go and buy myself a new helmet uh, and get out on the road today. And today I rode a 40K for the first time in, <laughs> in as long as I can remember. Um, and I'm glad that I still have that and I'm focusing on that and the acceptance of that negative experience, the, sec- the acceptance of the fact that I'm not going to be able to run for the foreseeable future for the next, you know, one month, two months, maybe even three or four months. Um, I've sort of gotten over that and realized that all the positives that can come out of this. And I think the takeaway for that is what's going on right now is a lot of my friends or a lot of the people I speak to are really struggling with feeling lonely or really struggling with uh, not being able to do the things that they want to do or really, really struggling with not being able to go to the gym or really struggling with whatever it is that they're struggling with because of the circumstances that we're all fully aware of. And I think that the quote from The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is very, very relevant because... It's only once you begin to accept that negative experience that you experience the positives from that negative experience or you begin to feel the the positive out of this situation. Whereas if you continue to dwell on the fact that you aren't experiencing something positive, if you continue to dwell on the fact that you can't go and see your friends, if you continue to dwell on the fact that you can't go out on a Saturday night, if you continue to dwell on the fact that you can't go to the gym or you might not be able to go and see your grandma or yes, you've got to stay home or you lost your job or whatever it is that you're dwelling on, as long as you continue to dwell on that, then this desire for that positive experience will only lead to the negative experience in not having that positive experience. And it comes back to the whole story of the subtle art of not giving a fuck is is the key to a happy life is to not give a fuck, (laughs) is to care about less things and care about the things that are really important to you. Um, and I think that's the story that came out of that experience for me at least. And the reason why I wanted to podcast tonight is because of that is, is because it was very fresh on my mind and I wanted to talk about the, you know, that experience and, and how that's affected me and, and what I've sort of done from that and, and what I will be doing moving forward with that. So 
you know, if any of you are going through it right now, and, and I've, I have friends that I'm talking to on a daily basis who are, are going through it right now. I've got friends that are, are very happy right now. I've got friends that, you know, they get to hang out with their girlfriends or their boyfriends or they're, you know, they're very happy to be at home with their parents. They're very happy to be doing whatever they're doing. Um, and <laughs> I've got friends that are really, really struggling. I've got friends that are living in a household with no siblings and a single parent and, and they're struggling with feeling lonely. I've got friends that are just struggling because they don't know what to do with themselves. I've got friends that have gotten to, what is it, the fourth week of lockdown or quarantine here in Australia. And they're realizing that maybe playing COD all day, every day and sleeping in till 2, 2 p.m. and going to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning every night uh, and drinking every day isn't the best solution for quarantine because this isn't sort of a two or three week thing. This is a long-term thing and they're suddenly dealing with the repercussions of not really knowing what to do right now. And I think that the sooner that you can begin to accept this situation, the sooner you can begin to recognize that this is our new reality, the sooner you can begin to enjoy the positives that come out of this. For example, me, I've, I have never worked so productively in my life. I have never had such an incredible period of creative inspiration in my life. Um, sure, I'm not able to go out, you know, this week I really wanted to go out and shoot some of the fall colors or the autumn colors up the up in the ranges here in Victoria, but I can't do that because they've locked down, the police have now locked down the roads and they're questioning everyone as far as where they're going. Um, and, you know, there is, you know, loopholes that I could get through as far as it being my work, but I don't want to do that to people. I don't want to make people, I don't want to encourage people to go out and, and photograph. I don't want to encourage people to do things that are against the law. So I feel like I shouldn't, you know, use my position to get above the law in that regard. So, you know, yes, there's parts of my creativity that I'm not able to fulfill, but I, I'm loving making YouTube videos. I, you know, I've found this podcast, like the fact that I'm three episodes in organizing guests, you know, have this new setup. I'm very comfortable talking to the microphone now. I'm very comfortable organizing it. Have, you know, Spotify set up, have my new channel set up, have a website coming for the podcast, have, you know, all this stuff now lined up in three episodes. It's making me wonder why I didn't do it before. It's making me wonder why I didn't just start this a year ago or two years ago. And and I think that it's, it's an incredible positive that's come out of this negative situation because I was willing to accept the situation and not dwell over the fact that I can't go, you know, I'm possibly not, I was originally supposed to go to Fiji in June. There was a trip planned for me to go and shoot a wedding in Fiji and it was more of a sort of couple video than a wedding video is kind of I go for a week with them and it was an all expenses paid for trip all expenses as far as food everything the hotel everything activities as well I was supposed to go swimming with manta rays I was supposed to go open cage swimming with bull sharks uh, this was going to be right after I got my new underwater housing um, I had all this incredible stuff planned for June and now that's possibly not going to happen anymore I originally planned that I was going to do a big trip from uh, over to America and then do Canada and then do Hawaii on the way back in July and August and now that's not happening anymore. I had a really good start to my year. I had a fantastic start to my business year. A fantastic start to my business year. I couldn't be more stoked with where I am currently business-wise and now that's not happening anymore. The momentum's been stopped. Everything's been halted and 
now that's not happening anymore. But what is happening is I'm making YouTube videos again. I'm doing this podcast. I'm rebuilding my website. I'm creating my Photoshop course. I'm doing all the things that I've been meaning to do for ages because I now have the time to do it and I've moved on from the negative situation. So I wanted to share that story with you today about my (laughs) shin and the fact that I won't be running as a way to tell you guys that I think that I think that we all right now, especially and and forever, forever, right now and forever, whenever you come across a situation that's negative, you need to, whether it be a breakup or whether it be, you know, you lose your job or, and this isn't relevant to right now, this is relevant to whatever, give yourself the time to deal with that, learn from whatever has happened, if it's a mistake, if it was your fault or if whatever happened, happened, learn from that, and then move on. Give yourself the time to grieve. Give yourself the time to consume the information that's being given to you, and then accept that negative experience, and I guarantee positives will come from it very well, much quicker than you probably thought they would. Um, obviously, some things take longer than others, but I think it's important to recognize that nothing lasts forever, uh, and that uh, the only way that you can begin to experience the positive is if you embrace the negative. Seek the negative, as Hayden Pedersen says. Seek the negative. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that's sort of the the brief story that I wanted to cover today. Um, this The next topic I wanted to talk about or the thing that I wanted to actually talk about for episode three, I have my episodes kind of planned as far as topics to talk about. Uh, I want to bring it back now to filmmaking, but also keep it broad. So if you aren't a filmmaker, if you aren't a photographer, you can also listen to this. Um, I want to talk about the reality of or the question that I get asked a lot. And the question that I actually got asked this week, that's why I put it as the podcast topic is, should you work for someone else? Or the question really is, is, is what's the benefit and the downsides or should you work for someone else or should you work for yourself as a freelancer or a photographer or a filmmaker? Or should you go and join a production company or work for someone like, for example, I've done some work with a real estate production company in the past as an editor. I did some work for Fox Cricket this year as a shooter, as a, like a filmmaker. Uh, so there's, there's opportunities to work for some you know, do some pretty incredible things as a filmmaker, but there's also the opportunity to work for yourself and be a freelancer. Uh, And I wanted to talk about this because I think it is a question that a lot of people ask themselves. I think it's a question that you can only really answer for yourself. Um, And I think that the only way I'm going to answer this is by telling you my story and explaining my situation and, and sort of, you can, you can take from that what you will, because it's kind of, uh, it's the only really way I know how to give advice and that's to tell you my story and then, and then go from there. Um, so I, I finished school and the only thing I wanted to do was work. The only thing I wanted to do was make money and I didn't really know what to do. So I started personal training and personal training showed me (laughs) wholeheartedly that I am a terrible employee. I am I am a terrible employee, a shocking employee. And funnily enough, I was actually having a conversation with a friend uh, earlier this week, and I'll talk about that in a sec, but a shocking employee. I actually, uh, I quit that job, but I quit that job before I got fired. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, 
my boss was cutting my hours. We were literally at each other's throats. Me and my boss at the time, uh, I was a shocking employee. And the reason why I was such a terrible employee is because I don't do very well with a team environment. I don't do very well with listening to other people. I don't do very well with being told what to do. That's just the way I've always been. It's the way uh, I I just don't. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like being controlled. I don't like being micromanaged. Um, and it's made me realize that I'm a terrible employee. Um, I think it's, I'm glad that I recognize that because if, if working for myself has, has taught me anything, it's that uh, valuable employees are an incredible asset. If, if I was to join the workforce again, if I was to, well, not join the workforce again, that's stupid. It makes me sound like I'm not doing anything. Um, if I was to go and get a job again, I would make sure that I am the most valuable employee that that human being has ever had because there is nothing more valuable than a good employee. I had a photographer uh, help me out on a shoot once and he was so incredible with the way he handled himself with the photos he took with how professional he was, how quick he was to get everything to me that I genuinely, if I had the money, I would have hired him full-time right there as my photographer. If I was in a position where I could hire a photographer, I would have hired him full-time. And that's because he was an incredible asset for me that day. And he proved to me that he can work hard. He proved to me that he's happy to put in the work. Um, So I think that... If, if I've got any advice for you that if you are one of those people that's looking to get a job, you don't really want to work for yourself, you want to go and work for someone else, is be a valuable employee. Be someone who's indispensable. Be someone who that person can't lose because they'll give you the world. If you're an employee that's shitty and you complain about your job and, and you don't enjoy your job, but you have to find a job you enjoy. But if you have a job you enjoy, become the most valuable employee that business has ever had and I promise you it'll be just as good if not better than running your own business because that person is never ever going to let you go and that person's going to give you all the freedom that person's going to treat you like royalty because they need you they need you if you ask for a raise they're going to give it to you if you ask for something they're going to give it to you if you ask for time off they're going to give it to you (laughs) whatever you need they're going to give it to you because they value you you are an asset to them and a very valuable asset so that was my experience with uh, with working for someone else is I'm a, I'm a terrible employee. I wish I wasn't, but that's just the way I am. I don't really do well with that, but I do do really well with working for myself. I do do really well with keeping myself disciplined. I, I do really well with organizing my time and staying on top of tasks and liaising with clients and doing a lot of different things in one day. On any given day, I'll be you know, like I'll do go from anything from editing a video to writing invoices and contracts and everything in between from emails to building my website to on the phone to clients to meetings to shooting videos to whatever it is, I'm doing all of it. And that's the reality of running your own business is the, you know, that it's all you, it's literally you. There's no one else there to help you out. There's no one, no one's going to hold your hand. No one's going to tell you what to do. No one's going to tell you when to work and when not to work. No one's going to give you time off. No one's going to do anything for you. And that's the reality of running your own business. And if you are thinking about freelancing, that's something that you need to learn to be comfortable with because it is a very, very stressful situation. If there's one thing that I wouldn't actually mind doing 
if, if it were something that I think I could do, or if it were, say, for example, if everything just went tits up and this was all over and there was no chance of me ever doing YouTube, there was no chance of me ever doing Instagram, there was no chance of me ever running a production company ever again, if everything just went to shit, I would go and get a job as an editor or a filmmaker or a social media content creator for a company because it would essentially be the exact same job I am doing now without any client handling, without any liaising, without any of the background work, without any of the paperwork. It would essentially be the best parts of my job without the stress of everything else. So that's the part of working for someone else that's a benefit is you're not the front line. You're not the person who's handling everything. You're not in control. You're not... Well, that's the downside of it is you're not in control. You're you get told what to do, but you don't have to do everything. And that's a good thing, but you're not in control, which is the part that really struggles for me. So I think that it's something that you genuinely need to consider for yourself. You need to, you need to sit down and you need to ask yourself, what will I do better? Would I prefer to work for someone else and do whatever they tell me to do? Am I going to really struggle with handling someone else's clients? Am I going to really struggle with, you know, some days editing stuff I'm interested in and some days not? Am I going to do well with being told exactly what needs to be done and sticking to that and having less creative freedom than I would with my own projects? Am I going to handle, you know, on the other side, am I going to handle the fact that you don't really get any time off? in this job when you work for yourself. You don't. You you might have days where you do less work. You might have days where you do no work, but there's never a time where your mind switches off. There's never a time where the phone stops ringing. There's never a time where those emails stop coming in. There's never a time where in the back of your mind, you know you should be making content. There's never a time where you really give yourself time off. Are you ready for that? So I think that if you are in the position, maybe you're younger, maybe you're you're in high school or maybe you've got a job at the moment and you're not sure whether you want to do this full time or maybe you've got a job at the moment and you're not sure whether you want to go out and have a production company or you want to work for someone else. As a hypothetical, if I were to go and if I were to, again, go and get another job, I would find someone who's doing what I would want to do if I was my own boss. I would essentially find a me. I would find someone who's... Uh, not a me as in, <laughs> God, that sounded vain. Oh, God, that's going to get clipped. That's going to get clipped and that's going to come back to haunt me. I know it. God, I've, I found my first podcast blunder right there. Oh, God. <laughs> not a me. I mean, if I were going out and finding someone, I would find someone like me. So you go and find, God damn, you go and find someone like you. Let's change that to that. I would tell you to go and find someone like you. And if I were going out, I would go and find someone like me because then they would be doing things that I was already interested in and I'd be helping them achieve stuff that I already want to achieve. So if I were going out into the world, I would try and become, say, a videographer for someone who's doing a YouTube channel, say a fitness videographer or a fitness YouTuber, or I would go and help someone shoot a documentary in something that I'm interested in. So I would go and find a documentary filmmaker who works in the fitness industry or works in traveling or tourism or whatever it is. Or I'd go and work for a company like Beautiful Destinations or I'd go and work for a company like Art of Visuals or or even as much as I would go and become an editor to the boys. Like I would go and become Hayden, Michael, Liam and Lamont's editor. I would go and help those guys out. 
because that's a job that would satisfy me creatively but have none of the stresses of doing it myself. Um, so I think that to boil it down, to boil it down because I think I have rambled a little bit here and I don't know how this is going to sound playing back, but this is a question that you can only really answer for yourself. This is a question that no one else can help you with. This is a personality thing. Are you the type of person that can be told what to do? Are you the type of person that is happy to work hard for someone else? Are you the type of person that is not going to, you know, think that they deserve more? Are you the type of person that can offer a 100% to someone else? Because I, like I said before, if you offer if you offer someone 100%, if you work bloody hard for someone else, like I said, they'll give you the world. They'll treat you incredibly if you work your ass off for someone else. If I hired an editor and he or she just crushed it, I would never ever let them go. Because that's something that's valuable to me. Or are you the type of person that can handle high stress situations? Are you the type of person that wants to work for yourself? Are you the type of person that thinks that the world of working for themselves is something they would prefer? I essentially just said the same thing three times. Are you the type of person that, you know, doesn't really want to stick to one thing? Are you the type of person that wants to spend 50% of their time sending emails? Are you the type of person that wants to go to all the meetings? Are you the type of person that wants to handle clients? Are you essentially wanting to become a <laughs> an assistant as well as the job that you want to do? That's essentially why people hire assistants is to do the jobs that they don't want to do when they signed up to working for themselves. So that's the questions that you need to ask yourself as far as how you can properly take advantage of this time is, or properly take advantage of your future potential is, is ask yourself the question of which personality type are you? And then just try, try both, you know, uh, you know, even I said, I say this to heaps of people and I've said this over and over again, that there's no risk in trying. There's no risk in trying either. So f- say, for example, for me, if if I continue doing this for two years, for another two years, and say, for example, like I said, it all fails. It all comes crumbling down. Maybe I have something go wrong or I get, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm not going to say anything because I want to touch wood, touch wood. I'm touching my table right now. Um, say, for example, something goes wrong. Uh, I'm not completely screwed because I'll be 25 years old and it's got nothing to do with age, but I'll, I'll be an incredibly experienced 25 year old. I'll have six years of industry experience working for myself. I'll have six years of industry experience running a social media. I'll have six years of industry experience as an editor. I'll have industry experience in a wide range of areas because I've worked from everything from tourism to fitness and literally everything in between. And I'll have the ability to handle people because I've been handling my own clients for the last six years. So I think there's a benefit to trying. If you are on the fence, maybe try going freelance for a little bit because at the end of that, you'll be a valuable asset to someone else because you know, freelancers work bloody hard and they have to work hard. So if you go and work for someone else, they'll recognize that because usually they started just like you're starting right now or they started out like me or they started out like anyone else you know who's freelancing and they just built up to the point where they could hire employees. So I think that you need to uh, give yourself the opportunity to try. There's nothing wrong with giving yourself the opportunity to try because you'll only gain experience, you'll only give yourself more value and you'll only turn into a more valuable asset for those companies that you work for. So that's my advice for you if you are thinking about that. That was a question that got asked earlier this week about, you know, should you go off and work for yourself or should you work for someone else? So 
yeah, that's been a good podcast. This has been nice. I've I've really enjoyed this one. I could keep talking for a while, but I like to keep these at 45 minutes because I feel like I don't want to drag these out too much. I think I'm going to have my episodes with other people or episodes with guests maybe be a little bit longer, but we'll see. I'm not too sure yet. So yeah, that has been episode three of the podcast. <laughs> like I said, or like I said last week, and like I will have at the start of the video, I'm going to build a little intro for the start of the video. But like I said, if you are watching this on Spotify, I would really appreciate if you could subscribe, share this podcast with a friend. I would really, actually, that's going to be my call to action this week. I don't want you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. I don't want you to leave a review or anything like that on iTunes. I want you to share this with a friend. If you're listening right now and you enjoyed this conversation or if you enjoyed any of the episodes that I've been releasing or you've just enjoyed, you know, looking at my face if you're watching on YouTube, if you enjoyed listening to my voice, whatever it is that you've enjoyed doing, um, share this podcast with a friend. Maybe you've got a friend who's a freelancer or maybe you've got a friend who uh, has gone through an injury or maybe you've got a friend who's going through a tough time right now with this whole everything that's going on right now share the podcast with someone share the podcast with your mum. share it with your brother share it with your sister share it with your dad share it with your uncle share it with a friend share it with your neighbor whatever it is share it around to someone i would really appreciate it because that would be massively helping me out so if you have enjoyed it share the podcast tell someone about it tell someone good one tom tell someone about the podcast because that would help me out a lot and i would appreciate it more than you know so yeah that has been episode three of the of not the i've dropped the the i'm not the facebook i'm facebook (laughs) i watched the social network last night this has been episode three of real life with tom noski if you have enjoyed this i would really appreciate if you could subscribe on whatever listening platform you're on and like the podcast if you are on youtube and leave a comment down below but until next time i will see you guys later Thank you.